welcome to Not For Girls, a podcast by two women fighting gender stereotypes, talking about life, time travel, and everything in between. Hello, I'm Leah. And I'm Nikki. And this week we are doing another Case Files episode <laughs> on time travel, of all things. Um, this was this was Nikki's pick this week, but I'm perfectly happy to delve into this. <laughs> it was, yeah. Eventually we're going to have some cool, like, synthy music for our Case Files intro. Um, and it will be, feel a little bit more, like, spooky and mysterious. But either way, yes, I picked this one. I'm very excited to talk about it. It's a weird topic. Yeah, but that's what we've established case files is going to be so we're allowed to kind of just fall down these rabbit holes and i think you know seasons are changing halloween's coming up now and i think it's the time of year for it (laughs) (laughs) if there's any time that somebody would want to time travel it would currently be the year 2020 because no one wants to be in it so you can say that again (laughs) this year is uh definitely one for the history books yeah so i'm sure there's a lot of people time traveling out of 2020 that you know maybe we'll even mention in this episode if yeah we prove it to be true but i doubt it because normally we've done research <laughs> we normally i feel like we debunk things um we talk about them we research them we look into them investigate all of it like Mulder and scully but often i feel like we are going to be debunking them a little bit yeah i mean we'll we'll try we'll have a laugh along along the way but i think that we'll try and like establish an answer that we think is actually realistic so yeah um so with that said uh let's dive straight in i suppose um nikki do you believe in time travel i think it's a very cool concept i think that the way that it's been portrayed in media is totally different to the real thing i think that generally yes time travel is possible but it's not portrayed in the way that we think it is I think time travel is possible due to science, which we're going to get into in my science section later. But I think it's much more minutes and seconds, you know. Mm. I I think it's possible down to things like wormholes and sciencey, smancy stuff. Mm -hmm. But we don't know much about it. And it's very complicated. And yeah, I want to believe that there's this cool way that I can travel back to the 1950s or something. But (laughs) I think reality says probably not. I don't think we can travel back. I think we can only travel forward. Mm, How about you? Yeah, so I mean, short answer, yes, after researching it, I I think uh, it seems clear that it is theoretically possible to travel in time, but to the future only, not the past. Mm -hmm. Uh, And yeah, we can definitely talk about that when we delve into our research. Um, Because when I was kind of thinking about, like I I was doing a bit of research earlier and kind of looking at people who claim to have been time travelers or people who uh, think that they've spotted time travelers in you know historic photographs and stuff and so if I if the question is do I believe that actual time travelers have jumped about in our timeline or that anything akin to science fiction stuff is actually possible no so I think we're kind of we're agreeing on this is what I'm taking away initially like yes on the premise but not on the representation of how the premise is portrayed agreed and speaking of photos did you look at some of the photos that you that, uh, are like available online of time travelers uh i did yeah there's the one of the hipster at the yes. at the bridge 
uh, in yeah. British Columbia in like 1941. I get it. He does look like an anomaly, that guy. We'll share this on Instagram so everybody can see it if you haven't, if you don't know the picture we're referring to. But it definitely is one that you kind of double take and go, oh, wait, hang on. Is that, was this then or now or what? It, he doesn't look right. Like mm. he looks very odd in that scenario. And I mean, those are some awesome sunglasses. <laughs> but for 1941, doesn't quite sit right and apparently sunglasses were becoming like more popular and and more designs in the 1920s and everything because sunglasses did exist but i don't think in that style he kind of looks like he's just jumped out of a delorean not gonna lie yeah it's it's a bit matrixy his glasses but then the rest of his outfit is super hipstery and he's wearing like a cardigan Mm. and he looks like you know he's picking up a venti chai latte on his way back from coachella and you're like who the (laughs) fuck's this guy at 1941 at a bridge what the heck um but yeah it's 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 been somewhat debunked that one i think in the sense that people have said no this is you could have got clothes like this at the time. This isn't too unusual. But I guess that like people could have dressed more casually back then, but the only time that we would see stuff really recorded would be, you know, monumentous like historic events and stuff because, you know, photography was still very much an emerging, you know, we had like maybe black and white film and I guess silent movies, some things in like, you know, the 30s, 40s, 50s. I know Disney started, uh, you know, in that time and like mm. MGM, like Hollywood stuff. But yeah, I think uh, we we kind of associate it with this, yeah, like glamorous, you know, kind of suits and ties and dresses kind of era. But that's only the stuff that would have been like given the you know, the spotlight of being taken, like having a photo taken. It's not like we, they would have it just in our pocket like us looking all casual. Like, yeah, I'll snap a picture of that. Like, I guess people mm. would have dressed up for a more of a an occasion. Except I think maybe guy. he was <laughs> a bit of an oddball as well because the yeah. shirt was what got me at first because it almost looks like it's been printed on. Like, you know, a t-shirt has like graphics on it. But right. they say that actually it looks like woolen and it's sort of like sewn on woolen like a symbol or a letter which apparently wasn't that odd in like football circles and like yeah sports teams and stuff would have yeah uh, and so and no one seems confused by him either no one's looking at him as if say like who the fuck is this time traveling mofo yeah who doesn't belong here everyone's kind of like chilled out i reckon he might just be a bit nothing wrong being a bit odd we're all a bit odd but he just dressed quirky he's he's just one of those guys he's quirky (laughs) yeah did you see the photo well actually it's more footage it's video footage of the lady in 1928 on a charlie chaplin movie holding a phone what looks like a phone to her ear did you see that one i did and it's supposed to be like i i don't know what the official name for it is but like an ear horn something that you would listen if you had hearing difficulty you would listen Um, like you know it's in old uh like cartoons and like uh newspaper strips and stuff get your ear horns here people you know and like you stick it in your ear and it would amplify the sound into your ear and it would have been a device like that that she would she would have been using yeah Um, i watched it again earlier and it it does actually just kind of look like she's holding her face like (laughs) it may not even be like one of those sort of hearing aid type things it could just be that she's just holding her face like maybe maybe she had too fake maybe she maybe she had a too fake maybe she bit down too hard on a piece of candy and yeah she doesn't look like a time traveler anyway not saying that a time traveler has like a stereotype image but she just kind of looks like an old lady having a wonder (laughs) like i wouldn't say that 
I know that, you know, media has has sort of branded us to expect time travelers to look really like awesome, but she just doesn't look like one, okay? Yeah. Um, and so I think that was a bit far fetched. That's fair. That's completely fair. Yeah. And there was one more that I wanted mm-hmm. to bring up, which cool. I don't know if you've got any more than this, but there was the 1943 beach guy who looks like he's typing on a phone. I, did, did I don't think one? I did see this one, no. So we'll post all of these on Instagram um, and you guys can tell us what you think. But this guy was was in his two like, hands holding something where it looks like he could have been typing on a phone. But in my opinion, this is probably one of the worst ones because it actually just looks like he's rolling a cigarette. Um, and so that one was definitely taken a little bit too far again. He's, he just looks like he's rolling a cigarette. Uh, yeah. That's, yeah, that's a bit of a stretch uh, by the it sounds is. of it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I mean, that was like, that sort of sums up the photos and the footage, I think, that I found through my research. And yeah, not not convinced. I kind of wanted more exciting stuff. The Travelling Hipster was good. But... Yeah, Travelling Hipster is a good one. And that, that one's kind of one of the, the most, like, discussed, I think, because it it is, I mean, it's a very, like, a visual anomaly in the picture. But um, so did you delve deeper into this rabbit hole in that case in terms of research to find out like what's possible because uh, stop me if I'm getting too close to science um section territory because I really don't want to step on your toes um but like how far down the rabbit hole did you go is I guess what I'm asking <laughs> I don't think I went that far I think I only like dipped my toes in to be honest okay <laughs> I I looked a little bit into time slips um I enjoy reading about time slips I think time slips are cool I think I didn't look behind the science be- behind time slips because I don't think there is any really. It's more that people people will experience something where they're walking down a street and then suddenly they're in like 1929 or like 1800s and there's no explanation and normally they come right back. But generally I find time slips really fascinating and creepy. But that's sort of, I went into looking into some of those. I basically just looked up a lot of cases. Obviously, we're going to do each of our own cases soon um, and read into those. But yeah, that was about it, really. My science section will come and we'll talk a little bit about the science behind it. But generally, no, I didn't fall in too deep. But it sounds like you might have done. Well, no, I I didn't really because I don't know that much about time slips. And I not really looked into them that much before. But I... I hit up my old bu- my old buddy Professor Brian Cox again because I only understand science when it's you or rock stars <laughs> talking about it. <laughs> of course, your best That's friend my Brian Cox. Only two sources that I can actually understand it because I don't know. I'd like I try and watch TED talks and stuff, but some uh, somewhere along the way, unless they're a really good presenter, like I just am like, oh, what are they even talking about anymore? I don't I don't care. I don't want to know. So. <laughs> You and Brian Cox can hold my attention span uh, enough to for me to kind of actually get some semblance of an idea what what you're chatting about. So, but I, I like all I really fell into in terms of like the rabbit hole was yeah the scientific theory behind it. But I, I really am conscious that that could be stepping over science sections toes. Well, we so. can do science section together, and that will be. Because I feel like I could not even begin to cover the science behind time travel. It's an epic subject. And as soon as I started looking into ways that I could explain it, I went, oh no, (laughs) what have I done? I'm not smart enough for this shit. This really baffled me as well. I mean, I I am in no sense of the word anything to do with a scientist. I got like 
I don't think I even passed my GCSEs in science. Although, if I'm interviewing for a job with you, I definitely did. And I put that on my CV that I passed. Yeah, Yeah, I've got 10 GCSEs, it's fine. But I genuinely, I might not have done, I don't remember. Um, I might have gotten E's. Um, So... (laughs) <laughs> so yeah in terms of like the actual like quantum theory side of it i i there is no way that i understand it well enough but thanks to brian cox i have been able to grasp in layman's terms some bits and pieces but um we can come back to that a little bit later on um one thing that i was curious about though was if we if we just say for now that time travel is possible what would you do where would you go? I've got a time machine. Pop on, pop on over. Where are you going in it? Past, future. What are you going to do? So I think if I was to split the past and the future, so I'm going to take two separate trips. Okay, yeah, I'm, that's I'm fine. going to take a trip to the past and I'm linking in our last episode because I'm <laughs> so annoyed at some of these things that I want to find out about my ancestry that I would head straight to my ancestors and figure out where those missing gaps are. I would meet Francis, my famous ancestor oh, we discussed in the last good episode. Francis. And yeah. I would also find out some other hidden secrets and family things that I just can't get past in my ancestry because it's so frustrating. I would mm. do that. And some people may be like, oh, that's a waste. But I mean, I'm also going back to like the 1800s, 1700s. And that's pretty interesting. The only problem is, is it would probably smell like shit. It would. It would. But you'd get some some answers and some closure about your ancestry and your family history. I would. I would. I'd also, I would also, sorry, I'm just, I'm being spoiled now. I'm just answering this again. You're just taking all the trips in my my time machine, Nikki. (laughs) (laughs) Well, catch me if you can. I've got the time machine. Um, I would also want to go to the 1950s and the 80s. There you go. But to the future, that's a different story. Wait, what would you do in the 50s and the 80s? Uh, None of your business. (laughs) Oh, okay. (laughs) (laughs) No, I would go to the 50s and just hang about, really. I don't really have a plan. I'm just going to go and dress up and look cool and maybe go to a bar. Um, Mm -hmm. I probably won't have many rights at that point. Well, some rights, less rights than I have now. But I'm sure I can go to a bar without a husband in the 1950s. Maybe. 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 Oh, if not, I'm... I don't know. Maybe I'll get put in jail. It'll be a fun time. And then I'll go to the 80s and um, just, again, probably go to the mall. <laughs> so I don't know. Th- what I'm hearing is that you'd like a, a sort of minor role, more than an extra, but not a lead role in both Greece and Stranger Things. Yes. Okay. That's, 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 all, that's all right. That's not bad. They're good, they're good oh, things. Yeah. Yeah, so I was thinking about John Travolta then. Um, <laughs> I was thinking I would go and see John Travolta, but then I was like, no, that movie wasn't actually made in the 50s. Right, just set in the 50s, I know. That's where <laughs> they get you. I know, right? Um, and sorry, now we're going to the future. Yeah. Um, I'm hijacking this machine and going to the future. Now, this is a tough one. I had to think about this earlier and I was like, would it be weird if I went to go see myself on my deathbed and was like, hey, Nikki... Tell me everything you think you fucked up on and not to do and I'll make sure I don't do that. Or if you think everything's a-okay and your life was pretty good, sweet. See you later. Have a nice death. And yeah, <laughs> so then nice I can make <laughs> I can make my life like even better from my own person's, you know. I'm yeah, that was a bit But a from answer, from your future it? from your future self's memory. Yeah. You can make sure that you have the best life. But that's a really interesting point because that's how I make choices. Like if I honestly don't know what to do in a situation, I think to myself, right, 
it's X many years in the future and I'm on my deathbed. What am I looking back and thinking? Am I going to go, I'm glad I did that thing or I'm glad I didn't do that thing? Like, what do I honestly think will be the best possible outcome for me to like enjoy my life or succeed at yeah. something or do well like that's a good I mean I know it's quite existential but like that that would be a good application for future time travel if it was possible I know right but I have just thought of a downfall to that Ooh. knowing me if I've done that now and I'm then the old person dying on the deathbed if I then had young Nikki come to me and say what should I do what shouldn't I do I mean there's just a whole space to do some funny things there isn't it really um and kind of fuck up the future nickies oh no i don't think would you want to do that to yourself though would you want to be like I don't know. Hey, let's let make this bitch fuck up her life like how mean are you gonna be as an old woman i don't know or it might just be more entertainment you know like maybe because that's that's future nikki's problem not past nikki's problem past nikki's problem is about to die but can we have a little bit of fun before we do maybe now i'm just questioning myself i don't know if i can trust me anymore <laughs> uh, also the whole thing about like imagine you're in court and you're like no i told myself in the future that it was fine to rob this bank your honor like i can't <laughs> see it holding up you know <laughs> no i think they just put me in some sort of psychiatric prison yeah so this has been a good thing to think about and I'm not sure what I'm going to do, but uh, when, when past Nikki comes around or future Nikki, what, however many Nikki's, it's too many Nikki's now. Um, <laughs> what about you? Well, this is where it sort of links to gender a little bit for me, this subject, because like you mentioned, for virtually all women, um, anyone in the LGBTQI plus community and also certain ethnic minorities in various places at various times, Travelling back in time will very, very often mean the immediate forfeit of many, if not all, the rights that we've won. So going into the past is sort of a bit off-putting for that reason. Yeah, agreed. Um, you know, just kind of, oh, can I have this? No, nah, you need a co-sign for that property. What the fuck? I'm a person, goddammit! <laughs> like, <laughs> I'd be all like... Yeah, it wouldn't, hold, it wouldn't hold up well for you. No, I'd be, I'd be all like angry feminist and like, you know, you know uh, yeah, it wouldn't. It They'd wouldn't probably brand well. you a witch and chuck you in a mental institution. Yeah. I mean, that would happen if that didn't happen on day one, I'd be like, stupid past. What are they playing at? Like, <laughs> there's no way I'd be getting through those checks is what I'm saying. Like, I would not be fitting in or towing the line or being like good little housewife Leah. Uh, I think I'd, I'd be more like kicking off and just joining the fight really going like campaigning for suffrage and uh civil rights and all that stuff do you think that maybe going to visit the dinosaurs is a better idea for you well i've thought about this a lot okay now you know i'm a big history and fantasy nerd so i honestly think like well okay I'll, i'll preface this by saying that i think everybody i think we all like to think that if time travel in the past was possible we'd do some sort of heroic act of service to humanity like going back and killing hitler or something along those lines right that's the one that gets mentioned a lot as like an ethical Mm -hmm. would you go back and kill hitler kind of question um but the channel 4 tv show misfits did a really interesting storyline about that where the person who attempted to jump back in time to kill hitler failed and instead the nazis ended up accessing and utilizing 21st century technology making them almost impossible to defeat oh no so 
if we suppose that all heroic acts like that, or like arming indigenous people against colonizers or bringing sanitation uh, to combat the bubonic plague and stuff, if, if we suppose that all that sort of stuff would be unchangeable due to like chaos theory, and if this question is only on what would I really want to do, like where would I want to go to like have fun or observe what it was like, um, it would be King Arthur times. Um, <laughs> because that wouldn't like be the perfect time for me to be like, oh, this is like history, but also this is fantasy. Because basically, the historic accounts of that time period aren't really accurately recorded. They weren't recorded at the time, and it was just kind of told retroactively, you know, years and years later. And that's why a lot of the detail is kind of shrouded in myth with like dragons and magic and wizards and stuff. So that's why these are legend. They're kind of part historic fact and part myth. So I would just want to go back and see what it was really like. And I just think it would be cool. And I would like to become best friends with Morgan Le Fay, who is King Arthur's um, half-sister. She was said to be a morally questionable sorceress of great sexual proclivity. So she sounds like fun. You know, we'd <laughs> get on well. It'd be good fun to have a drink with. We'd have a good party. Down the tavern. Me and Morgan, we'd go, go like, fuck shit up medieval style. <laughs> See, that's a really, really good answer. And now I want to change my answer because literally I just said I wanted to go to the mall in the 80s. Yeah, I was wondering um, about that. <laughs> yeah, now I'm like, hmm, can I, can I get that time traveling machine again? I do just want to go see the dinosaurs though, to be fair. So I'm not really going to come up with an intelligent answer like that. Okay, but, but you've seen Jurassic Park, I'm guessing, and you still want to go hang out with dinosaurs who I'm I, I mean like if there's a t-rex there I, I love you nikki but i don't like your chances <laughs> it's for pretty science huge. because we don't really know we got the fossils and we've got some skeletons but like i want to know more about dinosaurs because we've only really ever seen like one percent of the actual species of dinosaurs that there could be we've just seen the ones that there's fossils of there's probably loads of cool shit going on out there and mm. i fancy my chances they wouldn't know what they were looking at if they saw me anyway they'd be like what is this worm um so, yeah, dinner. I don't know. That's what they'd be thinking. Mmm, <laughs> what a delicious looking snack. A lot of them were herbivorous. Um, yeah, but I'm sure I would. <laughs> I'm sure I'd be okay, but I just want to like have a little look and then run back. And, you know, as I said, just, just for science. Just for science. Yeah, well, I mean, that's a good, you know, uh, scientific application for time travel. I'm sure we could learn a lot. And also, um, you know, like, yeah, if, if you could take your phone with you and like record a little video of like actual dinosaurs we could see how accurate all the recreations are yeah that would be quite cool and the truth is dinosaurs probably are nothing like we expected them i mean i know that generally like their structure will be similar but they could make really weird noises they could um they could be really hairy i don't know there's just so many things that we just don't know and... like that recreation oh, i can't remember what this was of but you'll probably know it but it was some some like pharaoh maybe or like caveman <gasps> yes, they, or something they took they took his vocal cords, cords. what yeah. was this and they're like i don't remember who it was but they're like this is how he would have sounded <laughs> and it's <laughs> it's like the most ridiculous <laughs> noise squawk slash growl type they of did it they did it to a neanderthal as well neanderthal, i don't know yeah. how accurate it, it was is, it was but... a neanderthal it was like yeah, I don't know. I but it was they did it. They did it for a thera and they did it for a Neanderthal, and it was quite similar. So I'm just wondering if maybe it's just not a good way to test how somebody sounded because I don't know. We could use the I time don't... machine for that and be like, "What do you want to tell the scientists of the future?" <laughs> you know, like. 
such a good impression. Oh. <laughs> I need a moment. Sorry. Um, where would you go in the future if that was something that you would wanted to do? Um, just as far forward as it takes for like actual egalitarian utopian society to exist. So I don't know. Depends. Can we do that before we fuck up the climate irretrievably? Don't know. But it'll just be trial and error. I'll be like, okay, let's try a hundred years. Let's try five hundred. Let's try a thousand. Just see what happens. I can just imagine you setting off in your time machine. I'm like, bye, Leah. Like, popping my head out of the, the TARDIS. Future. Like, equality yet? Nope. Okay, off I go. <laughs> Oh, I was I was thinking more that you know you step in you step in the time machine and I wave you off yeah and then you type in like a hundred years beep boop 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 and then you go off and then you come back and you're literally like your hair is in flames you're burnt to a crisp and I'm like how was it Leah and you're just like fine fine because the world has imploded <laughs> there's no pain anymore because it's all <laughs> over <laughs> and she never spoke of it ever again <laughs> yeah the things you've seen. Yeah, well, I mean, that kind of links to my case files story, um, actually. That's yeah, a very go good that. segue to that, if you want to go there. Yeah, you go first. Oh, okay. So for my case files story for this, I'm going to do like a, a dive into an account of a time travel instance. And uh, actually, you were the person to tell me about this guy. So thank you. <laughs> You're and um, but I'll just I'll just do a little like uh, story about him. So this man's name was Paul Amadeus Dienach. Uh He was a Swiss Austrian teacher uh, who is said to be in relatively fragile health. Part of his illness was that he would often fall into long lethargic sleeps. Um, so the first time this allegedly happened to him was in 1917, and it endured for 15 days. The second occurrence was in 1921, but this time he was in more or less a coma for a whole year. Um, and yeah, after after waking up and recovering from the coma for a year, he yeah he travelled to Greece uh, in the autumn of 1922, hoping that the mild climate would improve the condition of his health. Uh, and he never talked about his experience of being in that coma. And nothing was ever really found out about it until years later, uh, when he was on his deathbed. One of his students, uh, who he would have taught French and language, uh, French and German language to, uh, whose name was George Papakatis. I might be saying that's wrong. Sorry. Give me one more try. George Papakatis. <laughs> Close enough. Close enough. Um, he, this student uh, would later describe Dynak as a very cautious and very modest man with tremendous memory that used to emphasise the details. Um, so accounts are not clear, but it's believed that before Dynak passed away, uh, he entrusted his diary into the care of his former student, George Papakatis, to uh, translate it. He said this will improve his, la his language abilities if he translates it from German into Greek. Although one account stated that his last wish was for his papers to be burned. So it's unclear whether the student got hold of them, whether he was supposed to burn them or whether he was supposed to translate them. Whatever Dynak's dying instruction was to his former student, uh, he did translate them, uh, initially believing that his former tutor had written a novel 
but as he continued the translation, uh, he started to realise that this was a diary. Um, so what uh, Dionac had basically written uh, was he had recounted everything that he experienced in his coma that lasted a year, where he his consciousness was it basically travelled through time into the year thirty nine oh six A.D. So yeah, no, just under two thousand more years ahead. And uh, and he said, he, you know, he woke up in this other person's body, but with his own consciousness, he had wife and children who he didn't know. Um, and uh, the people of the future understood that this condition, they knew it, they said it was already known to them. And they weren't sure how long his consciousness would be able to remain in this time. Uh, so the people of the future began to teach him everything that they knew, uh, knowing that, that he could take these prophecies back to help humanity. Um, and I have some of his prophecies that have allegedly, I've not read the book, but there's some of the stuff that, uh, if he's right, um, this is what we could be looking forward to in the future. So, uh, he claims that mankind will learn that terrorism cannot be fought by bombing other countries. There will be a global network of police, uh, with the authority to cross all national borders and arrest terrorists. Uh, automobiles will become obsolete in favour of aerial discs, but these two, were, yeah, uh, we're going to get UFOs in the future. Just got to wait a couple thousand years, though. Oh, aerial discs! Like in my head, I was thinking of like frisbees. Like you actually mean like a <laughs> off to school, Jimmy. <laughs> 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 um, like UFO things, yeah. So disc shaped, like you know, floating. Aerial flight, but mm -hmm. they too will become obsolete with the invention oh. of gate travel. Okay, so it'd be Ooh. like you know Doctor Strange whew, making a portal and then everybody crosses through. It'd be like that. Nice. Um, that gate travel will make the colonization of Mars much easier. Um, and in the year twenty two oh four, so not as long to wait, just a couple hundred years for this, uh, the Mars colony uh, will reach a population of one million. So all the hard work that Elon Musk's doing now, apparently, like he'll do it, he'll get to Mars, he'll do the Mars mission, we'll have life there. But however, for only three decades after it reaches the population of one million, um, there is a virus on the red planet which had been dormant oh, and it will spread through the human settlements. I know, really rotten luck, isn't it? We've only got there. Yay, we're a million. We've hit a milestone. Three decades later, boom. It's really interesting information. Like it doesn't seem like silly, like some of like the John Tatour cases where he was right. like, yeah, there'll be like a cure for AIDS and World War III or whatever. Like these just seem like really elaborate, interesting things that yeah. I don't know. I'm not saying I believe it, but it's just he, he really wrote, random. He, he wrote as well, the guy, Dinah, he also reflected that there were many things he didn't understand about the future, like linguistic aspects um, and terminology, a lot of the technology he didn't understand and the evolutionary path humans had followed were things that he didn't understand, which is a really good point because like when I had to read Shakespeare, Spirit school, I it would take you'd have to really get into understanding the language to be like, oh, what the fuck are they talking about? So going back, you know, a thousand years, two thousand years, or forward that amount of time, language would be mm. so different. It's like another thing. It wouldn't be the same. It wouldn't be at all. It would be so difficult to communicate. Um, but yeah, he says uh, this this virus on Mars will basically result in the red planet being completely quarantined and every life on Mars being lost. So maybe don't do the Mars mission, like just 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 for 
just let yeah, let your grandparents. They're not grandparents. Grandchildren, grandchildren no, and their grandchildren. Just be like, give them, give them a heads up. Do the Mars mission until after the pandemic, um, which you know, less said about that the better, because you know, word of the word of the year, really, isn't it? <laughs> when when was this? Like, when did what sort of decade did this all go down with this guy and this book and everything? Well, he this he went into the coma in 1921. Oh, see, that's a lot. Like. I didn't. I wasn't sure when this all happened, but that's a lot longer ago than I realised. To be speaking about things like UFOs and all this technology, yeah, it's hundred years. That's ago. like we that's... all we wouldn't have had. Well, we would. This is a really dumb question, but yeah, we wouldn't have had like most of the technology that we had now. So, you know, to even for him to even think about us going to Mars, planetary travel, yeah. I don't know this I this is a really interesting story and I'm like I said I'm not saying I believe it but it's very interesting for its time yeah this kind of chat is really not what I've expected in 1920 I mean I know like people were writing like sci-fi books and stuff but it just sure. seems but like you know there, there's more as well so this, so this may like this this may convince you even more um so the field gate the like you know dr strange portal that kind of travel um that will be used to contact uh, another intelligent species um from another world who thought that they were alone in the universe so uh he claims that we will actually meet um a civilization in the future oh man i know i know they're out there um <laughs> he says that the wealth of the rich will finally be redistributed to the poor but not all of it just enough to that you know like duh, it's like the right thing to do type of type of situation mm-hmm. help other people who are less fortunate than you you know um and then 300 years after that happens uh money will be eliminated altogether followed by the elimination of the right to property which will cause a drop in crime levels to nearly zero that's so interesting right and because i feel like money's going to be obsolete at some point anyway not in the sense of the fact that we use it but in its physical form so i'm wondering if it's like yeah mm. that is it's a weird one isn't it because like yeah it's already not like it always used to be um and then in medicine uh patients are treated with flashing lights or sonic sound and do you know about emdr no is that some sort of radiation it's a uh, a light therapy for trauma response um, for trauma right. patients. It's already being used um, quite successfully um, with yeah f- uh, light sequences, um, sounds, and vibrations um, to treat trauma responses. So mm-hmm. that was something that really struck me because I was like, oh shit! Like we're already kind of developing that, you know, oh, a, a really therapeutic use for that. Um, and the thing about human evolution, he said, was uh, that a surgical procedure is invented that activates, I, and I don't know if this is a thing, the spare unused DNA that everyone carries, causing oh, humans yeah. to shape their own evolution. Um, so this new species will evolve from Homo sapiens to a new species called Homo novus. Um, I mean, it's ge- like genetic DNA splicing, like can be kind of a thing i think before you're born i don't think it can be done like like it can be done like at an embryo stage yeah. obviously people are making like chickens and and cloning things but um that's really interesting because obviously people have, have said that well i don't know this for sure i know i know some stuff about science but mm. about changing changing like the gender of a baby and stuff um 
but I know obviously like going into like old genes is a little bit different but oh that's really interesting I don't my brain doesn't fully comprehend all of that but yeah that's yeah. cool it's it's a it's a lot it's a lot but those were the the prophecies uh in in his in his diary um which his student translated uh so yeah I mean the books the book's available like you can buy it you can read it um it's it's out there um and yeah, it's uh, it's widely believed that Dynach never came forwards for fear of basically being called crazy, basically, um, yeah, being a social pariah. It's the same thing that, you know, we talked about in the Aliens episode of people being scared to come forwards because of the stigma against them for having this kind of story. So, uh, yeah, I mean, that's that's everything that he's claimed that I was able to find out. However... On the debunking side of this story, there are some also some issues. So, firstly, mm-hmm. George Papahatsis was said to be a high-ranking Mason, and it is believed by some people that the Freemasons held onto this document for a long time before Papahatsis released his translation. Um, in addition, in 1918, after the flu outbreak in Europe, um, there was like there are a lot of accounts and uh, news articles about this like mysterious illness at the time which was often referred to as the sleeping sickness um, which spread throughout the world Um, it reached its peak in 1920 uh, fell to lower levels in 1922-23 and sort of trailed off by 1927 Um, the name for this uh, illness was encephalitis lethargica uh, it's mm-hmm. a condition which attacked the brain, leaving the victim like the living dead um, in this just kind of um, like, yeah, asleep, like like Dynach would have been basically in a coma for a year. So there is, you know, like there's doubts on that side. But um, a lot of people who believe and support Dynach's uh, prophecies are saying that they can already see them starting to come true. Um, so hmm. with things like money, like terrorism, like the Mars missions, like EMDR being used to treat patients. So, yeah, I mean, if it's a legit document that really was, that can be like dated back to the 1920s, um, then that would be very, very interesting. But um, I haven't yet got that evidence. <laughs> so yeah, I'm just no, throwing it out. <laughs> I'm kind of glad I, because I only, I only brought it up earlier when we were talking about about some of this and I didn't actually look into any of the prophecies I didn't really see anything about it but I'm really glad you brought it up because that's um it's really interesting as well because my case file goes more into the past and yours is like future time travel so oh that kind God. of works perfectly we coordinated it so well um so what was, yeah. what was your case file story so my case file is something called the Mobley Jordan incident aka the ghost of Petite Trainon or Versailles mm-hmm. and is a claim of time travel and hauntings made by Charlotte Anne Mobley and Eleanor Jourdain in 1901 so we're going like quite far back right um but I thought it was interesting because you don't often hear about time travel as like going back from what we perceive as like the past yeah so very true it's very very interesting so basically Mobley and Jourdain two ladies decided to visit the palace of Versailles as a part of several trips around Paris on 10th of August 1901 they visited the palace but remembered not thinking much of it after touring it and decided to walk through the gardens to the Petit Trianon but after reaching the Grand sorry I'm so sorry to interrupt already they visited the palace of Versailles and were like oh this is shit Yes, apparently. Whoa! And they want, How I know, high are I their mean, standards? Jesus Christ. <laughs> apparently pretty high. Yeah. But 
I don't know. They weren't that bigger fans of it, so they went somewhere else, and this is where the story Fuck takes this us. Shit I'm not, I won't. <laughs> I won't judge them on their taste, but maybe they've seen. Maybe they've seen more. I don't know. But uh, they decided that it was shit, apparently, and decided to walk through the gardens. Uh, to the Petit Trianon, but after reaching the Grand Trianon, they decided, well, it was closed, so they didn't go that way. They, they after the disappointing trip out, apparently, they continued on, but became lost after missing the turn for the main avenue and entered a lane where they bypassed their destination. So they're just off on one, it seems. Moberly reported that she noticed a woman shaking a white cloth out of a window, while Jordan recalled noticing an old deserted farmhouse outside of which was an old plough. At this point, they described the feeling of oppression and dreariness coming over them, after which men who thought they looked like palace gardeners told them to go straight on. Mobley described the men as very dignified officials dressed in long greyish green coats with small three-cornered hats. Jordan recalled that she noticed a cottage with a woman holding out a jug to a girl in the doorway, describing it as a tableau vivant. I don't know why I'm naming all this, but a living picture, so much like Madame Tussaud's waxworks. Mabel did not observe the cottage, but remembered that she felt the atmosphere change dramatically. And she wrote, Everything suddenly looked unnatural, therefore unpleasant. Even the trees seemed to come, become flat and lifeless, like woodworked and tapestry. There were no effects of light and shade, and no wind stirred the trees. They reported reaching the edge of the wood and coming across a man seated beside a garden kiosk, wearing a cloak and a large shady hat. According to Mobley, his appearance was most repulsive, his expression odious, his complexion was dark and rough. Jordan noted the man slowly turned his face, which was marked by smallpox. His complexion was very dark, the expression was evil and yet unseeing. And though I did not feel that he was looking particularly at us, I felt a repugnance to going past him. They said another man who they described as tall, with large dark eyes and crisp curling black hair under a large sombrero hat, came up to them and showed them the way to the Petit Trianon. Mobley then said she noticed a lady sketching on the grass, who looked at them they, as they crossed the bridge to reach the gardens in front of the palace. She later described the ladies wearing a light summer dress and a shady white hat with lots of fair hair. Mobley reported that she thought she was a tourist at first, but the dress appeared to be old-fashioned. Mobley then came to believe the lady was Mary Marie Antoinette. Jordan, however, did not see the lady, apparently. At their return to the palace, they reported that they were directed round to the entrance and joined a party of other visitors, and then they toured this house. So, according to Jordan and Mobley, neither woman mentioned the incident to one another for a week until after leaving Versailles when Mobley... Um, three months later, they basically discussed in Oxford and compared their notes about what happened and sort of said that it felt like, I don't know, like it was haunted or, or something like that. And they sort of discussed the events and everything and sort of came to this weird conclusion that they thought they might have seen events that took place on the 10th of August 1792. Only six weeks before the abolition of the French monarchy, where the two Telleries, I don't know if that's pronounced right, placed in Paris was being besieged and the king's Swiss guards were massacred. According to their narrative, they visited the Trianon Gardens again on several occasions, but were unable to trace the path they took. Various landmarks, such as the kiosk and the bridge, were missing and the grounds were full of people. Trying to come up with an explanation, they wondered if they had stumbled across a private party or an event booked that day. That would explain why everyone was like dressed weirdly and stuff. However, they found that nothing had been booked that afternoon and through their research, they thought that they actually recognised the man they reportedly saw by the kiosk as the Comte Vandril, a friend of Marie Antoinette who herself Mobley had claimed to have seen. So they basically experienced something weird like together in those gardens where they saw a lot of old-fashioned people. And obviously, I say old-fashioned, they were old-fashioned themselves to us, but they would see people that were even like more old-fashioned, maybe like I think about 100 years 
it would have been to them if it was like 1901 to 17 something um and yeah and nice that they uh saw my ancestor marie antoinette you know i was thinking that i thought you'd like her mention <laughs> so i find it really interesting because it's not like they you know they saw all this weird shit and then they went immediately to like the papers and was like guys we've we both seen some really like crazy shit it was obviously quite like a subtle experience that they probably thought was a little bit weird at the time and then you know came together like a week later to go actually that was pretty fucked up i don't think they said it that way but um but yeah and i i think that's quite interesting because you know judging by the sort of who they are these you know these were quite esteemed ladies they both became principals of schools in later years they i don't think they did it for any particular reason other than just like they had a weird experience and then they told someone about it eventually and and i think there was a book written on i don't know if they wrote the book but there was something written and so uh, yeah i just think it's just a really interesting anecdote and a weird thing that happened yeah, it, it is really interesting. Um, yeah, nice that yours is like more in the past and mine was more like looking into the future, even though both yeah. obviously happened in the past. Um, but yeah, it's the fact that there there were two of them uh, to corroborate this story. And I think whenever there's something like this that's a little bit paranormal or kind of, you know, pushes the boundaries of what we think is possible, you know, if it's just one person, I think it's really easy for people to say, oh, you know, they, they were under a lot of strain or they had a mental break or there was a, a delusion, a delusion or hallucination, or they've taken something that has made them, you know, uh, imagine whatever they think is happening rather than it was real. Uh, but whenever it's something like this and it's more than one person who's saying it, like, so my thing is, if it was only one of them that was like, oh, oh dear, Marie Antoinette's just over there. Like, if it, like it was me and you when we were out for a walk and you were like, oh, I can, I can see, you know, Emperor Nero. I'd be like, oh, my God, somebody help my friend. She's You'd not be like, well. What, what have you taken, Nikki? Yeah. Spit it out. But it's the fact that they both, you know, educated, probably, um, you know, I mean, they would have to be clearly of sound mind in order to reach that standing as, as women in like 1901. Um, they they can't have really been that like suggestible or uh, yeah um easily like duped they they would have known their shit you know <laughs> yeah <laughs> like, and speaking speaking of which I was going to name some of the theories people had against it to say like to debunk it basically um one of the reasons was they just said that they they thought they walked into a party in the gardens that it was known at that time that there were a lot of period theme parties going on in the area at the time but again they did say in their story that they did check reservations and bookings and there was nothing there was nothing there so they kind of debunked that themselves if they're telling the truth but to speak on what we were saying um there was this one guy who was called terry castle i think in the in the 50s he wrote a lot of skepticism about it and he claimed that he thinks that they shared a delusion that may have arisen out of a lesbian folly adieu, which is a shared psychosis, which happens between like twins and sisters and things like that, or just people that and are related. Apparently, lesbians, according to this yeah. homophobic guy. Don't know where I don't know where that came from. I don't know why yeah. I suddenly just jumped like, oh, I assume they're lesbians. Like I don't remember reading anything about them being lesbians. Nothing wrong if they were, but I couldn't find anything. I mean, I don't know if they just assumed that there were two women walking through some gardens together, going traveling. They were automatically lesbians, like. And they clearly yeah. were sharing some sort of psychosis. Like, I don't think that that's a thing that you should suddenly jump to. As I said before, they were two very yeah. intelligent women. So... And the mm. fact of whether or not they're lesbians, like, I mean, first of all, it's how, how is that relevant? It's yeah. not. <laughs> but second of all, like, this this guy 
Terry Castle, it was in the 50s that he claimed this. So I think so, still yeah. Still, sexism and homophobia would have been like very prominent then. So um, that could also be a way to kind of you know discredit what they're saying to be like oh they're just exactly. women and lesbians so if you do ever go back in time to the 50s you gotta kick that guy in the in the nuts i will yeah and yeah. and a psychologist later on called leonard zusney also suggested that he thought it was a hallucinatory hallucinatory oh my god I, i've tried this so many times hallucinatory experience there we go that was elaborated upon over time by between them so that they would have come together, spoken about it, and then the information would have got out of hand. They would have put together things that didn't Mm. happen and, you know, constructed this story, whether they meant to or not. But again, Mm. I think that's very much doubting their experience and their intelligence and Mm. assuming that maybe they're doing it for gain. I don't know enough about them as people or their lives. I know that they're intelligent people. I think one of them was a writer. And as I said, they were principals in, in Oxford. But generally I, I don't know what they could have gained from it and we're talking about hallucinatory experiences what could they have been on like were they taking mushrooms walking through the versailles and then like <laughs> ended up in the gardens on a, some sort of trip but then like it yeah, was 1901 maybe. well then maybe that's why they thought the palace was shit because they you know the mushrooms hadn't kicked in yet and then they maybe. got to the gardens and they were like oh hello it's all gone a bit weird um, yeah and so yeah. it's sort of just putting it down to this thing of like oh they were just crazy and it, it pisses me off because none of them ended up in mental institutions they were both sound of mind they seemed right. like perfectly intelligent ladies and you're kind of just saying that they either had a hallucinogen or they were crazy lesbians and it's like guys come on mm. like maybe if you just asked the right questions and listened a bit more and just stopped assuming that they were just crazy we would have had more information about it but some people just say that the stories were inconsistent this is it didn't match up and everything of like their you know eyewitness accounts and there was something yeah. weren't quite right with it and maybe there wasn't but i think putting it down to the initial things that i've mentioned is a bit ridiculous and homophobic and just sexist but you know despite all that fascinating story i i like the fact that it was a time slip because i'm really interested in time slips and there's a lot of stuff in uh, a lot of time slip accounts in liverpool there's a particular street where apparently it happens a lot modern day uh where someone like walks into a coffee shop and it turns out to be some ye old bookshop and like there's no explanation for it it's very much just like their own personal weird account which is fascinating but Mm. i like the fact that it was like an old account i think that was quite interesting because we as i said we consider that old but they were going like even further back and that kind of dark cloud over it as well and the fact that it was it was almost like pre this horrible event and the feeling that they were getting and there's something just really interesting and weird about it yeah, it, it's really interesting, isn't it? Because with both of these case file stories, both Dynax Diary and, yeah, the Versailles uh, one, um, it's really hard. We'll sort of never know, at least not in our lifetimes, um, like whether or not these things were true. Because, you know, with with most time slips and, and the, the Versailles story that you've, you've just gone into, it's only their word that we have that's completely you know impossible to disprove i mean maybe for the diary one in like 2000 years if anybody remembers that that was written they'll be like oh he got it right that's cool good for him <laughs> but we're all like well we don't necessarily know if this is true like or what to believe or if it's a legit document or a forgery or quite what but what's your instinct do these stories make you feel that it is time travel or do you feel that these stories are something else I feel like it delves a lot onto the 
same realm as aliens i think there's a lot we don't understand and i think time and space and the way that physics works because i'm no physicist yes. is all incredibly complicated and yes. as i said don't think we quite understand it and maybe time slips are possible you know maybe time isn't is you know structured as we think it is maybe it's like a river i don't know sorry that's not like a song a song lyrics <laughs> I think there is a song note that goes, time is like a river. Is a river. <laughs> <laughs> well, it <Yeah>. is now. <laughs> you know, but maybe it's a bit, maybe it intertwines a lot more than we realise. Maybe it crosses over. Like my brother used to always say that when it came to things like ghosts, he's a very much like a, he's a, he's a skeptic. He's not really a believer, but he'd always say this one thing to me about like ghosts and haunted places in physics and stuff. And he'd always say, he always would, would refer it to being like a tape like a tape player right and say that sometimes he thinks that it crosses over a little bit maybe and that's why people see weird things or weird strange things happen because it's not it's not like a long line it's more of like an overlap if that makes sense and i always right. i don't really un- quite understand it myself but i think it's quite an interesting way to look at it because maybe these time slips it's not necessarily like you're time traveling it's more of like an overlap of events in time happening right time might might not be linear it could even delve into like parallel universe theory um, because parallel universes could almost essentially be like stacked on top of one another. I think there's so much that we don't know. Maybe uh, that's why we see doppelgangers sometimes. Apparently there's a doppelganger in my hometown that looks just like me. And I've been told like I five times. I saw a doppelganger of you, but it was like you, if you dyed your hair black and like had a couple of kids and a lot less sleep. That might be a parallel version of me. It could be. My future Nikki on her deathbed fucked this girl up with some advice she was like yeah you you stay with your ex-boyfriend who yeah you shit. have a family young you They'd have that baby i mean i haven't i haven't been in that situation where i've you know been having a baby but i don't know like staying with someone that wasn't meant to stay with and then ended yeah. up having like five kids and being really unhappy and not sleeping maybe that was maybe that was what happened maybe that's yeah, like a maybe that weird was version the of me old old age nikki you know prank <laughs> <laughs> maybe um but yeah like I've, I've heard like a few times that's what having doppelgangers and stuff and it's weird and it just makes you think like hmm interesting well they are more likely to be in your area because again this links back to our ancestry episode because you're more likely to have common ancestors in the same region so where you have dominant and recessive traits coming through uh there's more likely to be somebody who is a much closer match to your genetic makeup yeah. uh, who's just got those you know from common ancestors but yeah it's it's really it's really strange so how do you feel about time travel overall from that from those case studies i i'm staying a skeptic i think yeah. i think i'm saying that it's a no I, I don't i don't know what it is and i i think that there is stuff that we don't understand i think that you know yeah whether it's parallel universe theory whether it's um like different uh, dimensional structures uh, that we don't understand yet and that are, are being worked around in order to make this stuff possible and I, I can't even claim to <laughs> to quite like get there in terms of my own comprehension but I think that uh, yeah there is there is science that we just don't yet know um, well that's that, a great that time can... for us to delve into science section aha science section okay right give us the lens nikki right this is a lot and i'm going to try and not take up too much of your brain or anyone else's brain that's listening um so <laughs> i always hate science section sometimes because i'm just like so and look at all this information and i'm like fuck <laughs> is it is it einstein's theories of relativity is that what we're i only touch upon it so okay. I talk about the basis. So we, we're constantly traveling through time, right? We're constantly right. traveling through time, but we're just going forward. 
and all at the same rate all the time. So in technically, we're currently time traveling right now because we're traveling through time if you want to get, you know, into semantics. Yeah. <laughs> but um, some scientists do believe that time travel is possible. Not all, but a lot believe that an attempt would be fatal to any human would, would take it. So for all of my science section, I'm basically going to be quoting a couple of people. One of which is Gary T. Horowitz, a professor of physics at the University of California at Santa Barbara, because they all say it a lot better than I can. <laughs> so he said, it's not obviously ruled out by our current laws of nature of time travel, obviously. Recent investigations into this question have been provided some evidence that the answer is no, but this has not yet been proven to be impossible. So I think that's a good thing to think of. It's we don't know yet. We don't think that it is possible, but it doesn't mean that it's not impossible. Um, and so this is where I was going to go into a little bit of Albert Einstein. Um, so he said, while most people think of time as a constant, physicist Albert Einstein showed that time is an illusion. It is relative and it can vary for different observers depending on your speed through space. To Einstein, time is the fourth dimension. Space is described as three-dimensional area, which provides a traveller with coordinates such as length, width and height, showing location. Time provides another coordinate, direction, although conventionally it only moves forward. So Einstein's theory of special relativity says that time slows down or speeds up depending on how fast you move relative to something else. So approaching the light speed of light, a person inside a spaceship would age much slower than his twin at home. And also under Einstein's theory of general relativity, gravity can bend time. Physics is really confusing, guys. I can't even begin to understand it. <laughs> so from what we know, time travel is already possible. There was an experiment that used two clocks set to the exact same time. One clock stayed on Earth while the other one flew in an aeroplane going in the direction same direction that the earth rotates after the airplane flew around the world scientists compared the two clocks the clock on the fast moving airplane was slightly behind the clock on the ground so the clock on the airplane was traveling slightly slower in time than the one second per second so technically you can travel in time but it's, as i said it's like milliseconds and it's all just to do with how fast you're going so I'm also going to quote someone else, which is William A. Hiscock, a professor of physics at Montana State University. And he said, to answer this question of time travel, we must be more specific in what we mean when we talk about traveling through time. So obviously discounting everyday progression to time travel that we experience in our daily lives, it can be divided into two parts. So is it possible within a short time, less than a human lifespan, to travel into the distant future? And is it possible to travel into the past? So this is what we were saying earlier about not quite thinking that it's possible to travel into the past. So our current understanding of fundamental physics tells us that the answer to the first question is a definite yes, we can travel forward in time. And to the second, maybe we can travel to the past. So, oh, it's it's tough. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I can't even begin. Like that's it. That's explaining it very simply to my like function of learning. Um, and I think that we also have to think about time traveling devices so we kind of understand how time travel works now in the fact that you know if you were to get in a big spaceship and you would travel really really fast you could come back to earth and you wouldn't have aged but someone else would have done so effectively if we were to shove you in a round trip to the center of our galaxy and back to earth like a distance of sixty thousand light years you could complete that in 40 years of ship time but you'd arrive back to earth sixty thousand years later but you'd only be 40 years older. So I would be dead, way dead. And the earth would probably be in flames. So that's technically time because, traveling. Because you were dead and the earth couldn't handle that loss. Exactly. It just yeah. couldn't take it, which is fair enough. So it set on fire. Um, it went on fire on its own. 
Yeah. So such a trip would pose formidable engineering problems. The amount of energy required, even assuming a perfect conversion of mass into energy, is greater than planetary mass. But nothing in the known laws of physics would prevent such a trip from occurring. So the trips are possible. It's possible to do that. But actually doing it is much tougher. So to then time travel into the past, which is what a lot of people usually mean by time travel, Mm -hmm. is a much more uncertain proposition. The problem is deciding whether these solutions represent situations that could occur in the real universe or whether they are more mathematical oddities incompatible with known physics. So no experiment or observation has ever indicated that time travel is occurring in our universe. Much work has been done by theoretical physics in the past decade to try and determine whether in a universe, if our universe can even sustain it. Um, And to do that, we would obviously need a time machine, whether that be a ship or something. Mm. Um, The simplest way, apparently, that's currently being discussed by physicists is to take a wormhole. So that's basically a tunnel connecting spatially separated regions of space-time and give one month of the wormhole a substantial velocity with respect to the other. And then technically, you go through the wormhole, you could get to the past. But obviously, a wormhole is like a weird thing that no one really understands. They exist, like wormholes are a thing but how do you get one and then like you know do something with it so apparently they've been (laughs) one wormhole (laughs) exactly i mean you probably wouldn't get the wormhole you'd wanted you'll probably get a bit of dirt with a hole in it but you know yeah (laughs) but apparently the theoretical properties of wormholes have been extensively studied over the past decade but little is known about how to form a macroscopic wormhole large enough for a human or a spaceship to pass through Mm. because apparently they're very small some speculative theories of quantum gravity tells us that space-time has a complicated foam-like structure of a wormhole and they sort of go from about smaller than 10 centimeters to a billion billion times smaller than an electron so like wormholes wow. can be absolutely tiny so i don't know how we're all going to get in one of them but it's not going to be easy yeah so some physicists believe it's possible to grab one of these truly microscopic wormholes and enlarge it to a usable side but at present the ideas are very hypothetical not that they aren't being discussed so they definitely are being discussed but even if we had one like how would you confirm that into a time machine yeah. uh, stephen hawking had formulated a chronology <laughs> my wording is not good stephen hawking had formulated a chronology (laughs) chronology chronology protected conjecture which states that the laws of nature prevent the creation of a time machine at the moment however this is still a conjecture not proven i mean for a scientist i should really be able to say words like chronology but (laughs) but that's why we're such a good team because you you know that what the science means but then i like can you explain what i can tell what words mean like you know because because of reading writing so that's why that's why we're a great team so to summarize science section it is fully possible that we can time travel in the future it doesn't necessarily mean that it's happening it's a very hard thing to do and everyone Mm. might be dead 60 60, years on but it is possible you can time travel whether you get on a plane that's still technically time travel Mm. can we put this into actual practicality and make a wormhole time machine to travel into the past or anywhere else probably not right now but it's not to say that it's not possible it's kind of what i'm trying to get at so it's like it's that whole yes or no question it's the whole alien thing it's like it's what we know we know that we understand the possibilities to do it are there but whether or not it exists is another thing if that makes sense or it can be done is another thing 
Yeah, for sure. Uh, yeah, well, I'm really glad I did bring up my research earlier because you've, you've pretty much just said all of it. <laughs> so oh, okay. that's really, really good. But yeah, I, I found a, a lot of the same info. Um, yeah, that, you know, it's basically a question of engineering and we would need to either have negative mass or like infinite fuel um, to be able to do this. And so it, it is theoretically possible, but um, in practice, yeah it's it's not looking likely (laughs) no but it's not to say that it won't ever happen it's just it might not happen Mm. for like 500 to a thousand years you know like it's maybe we can one day get a wormhole that is actually a wormhole and put it in a time machine and we'll all just become doctor who's who knows yeah maybe who knows but yeah my brain hurts now so let's go to creative corner <laughs> okay. Well, for creative corner, do you know what? I feel like all, all the like talk of time travel and is it possible? Is it not? And also the fact that I'm like a little bit of a skeptic. It's got me to the point where like I've I I think I've been too saturated in time travel stories <laughs> that now for creative corner, my basic takeaway this week is just like ah, don't do it. Or if you're gonna do it, think about it really really carefully. And what I mean. About with that is like using time travel as a plot device so this is a massive massive trope in science fiction films books etc but i really hope that i'm not offending anybody when i say that it's it just it's not it's to my mind it's not a great trope to be used i think it's quite overused it feels i think quite convenient if you understand what i mean like a way to get out of you know, writing yourself into a corner, for example, of like, okay, oh, and then they travel back in time and they change it all and then it's all fine again. You know, like, it's just a real convenient, like, cheat code <laughs> in a way. Yeah, and it's been used a lot in, like, sort of butterfly effect um, yeah. storylines where, you know, someone's gone in the future or in the past and changed something and something's happened. And yeah, yeah I feel like in, in some respect, it's been done quite a few times. Yeah, and I think that is a as an audience or as a reader of stories like that it feels like I've been denied that that story that should have happened because most of the time the way these these time travel tropes work is that you get all this amazing like character development this emotional roller coaster of what a good storyline should be Uh, and then boop it's all undone now everything's back to normal status quo resumed and it's like also none of that even mattered then like it can be really unsatisfying if it's done poorly and I think that it has just been done a lot and so it's just uh it's it's a trope that I would basically err on the side of caution are there Um, any like known things that you do enjoy though because I was going to mention a couple of um well actually I was just gonna mention one movie that I really enjoyed that had a lot of like time travel in it but I didn't know if there's anything No, I mean, I love that picture. And I guess that is one that's stuck in my mind. But actually, the one thing that I was thinking of was the movie About Time with Rachel McAdams and that other guy, I can never remember his name. Um, Um, Dominic Gleeson or Brendan Gleeson. One of them's the dad, one of them's the son. But anyway, they're both in Harry Potter. So yeah. Yes, him. He was in Star Wars. But he, like, I really, I did enjoy that movie because it was sort of set in like a more of a romantic comedy style not like a sci-fi movie and Mm. um and there was that whole thing of like changing the past changes the future but I did enjoy that I just wasn't sure if there's any that stuck out in your mind that you liked do you know I did really like that one because I I thought that the the story was really well written and I'll try not to do any spoilers but like the most meaningful relationship in the film 
ends up not being the boy-girl romance. Yeah. It ends up being a different relationship between two characters that becomes like the most important part of the movie, which ends really, really emotionally. And I found that super touching. So actually, I thought that was beautifully told because it it did like it didn't meet your expectations in terms of what you thought was going to happen. You thought, oh, this just be a rom-com where he goes back, he fucks it up, he tries to get the girl and it's all wacky and silly, but (laughs) it's really got a lot of heart to it. Um, So I'm glad you brought that one up actually, because yeah, that, that really was a good... Um, and like a new take on a time travel narrative. It's actually just made me realise something though. Um, Go on. <laughs> and that's the fact that Rachel McAdams also stars in The Time Traveller's Wife. Oh my God. About that guy she who's does. like, well, he's a time traveller and she's she's his, his wife. wife. No spoilers. <laughs> um, and I've just realised that she's got like the butt end of the deal in every time travelling movie that she's been in. She's never the time traveler. She's always just the, the, the time traveler's wife twice. And oh. um, I didn't mean to take over Creative no, Corner so no, early. No, do it. But that it. does make so me think. Early. So you're always planning a coup, <laughs> just not yet. Oh, yeah. I did it always because I did it in, in Aliens, didn't I? I feel like I always take oh, it over. Yeah. Um, oh, that's all right. But that's all right. You can contribute. I just wanted to bring up the sort of the gender stereotype of the fact that generally the time traveler is not normally a woman. It is generally a man. I mean, look mm. at Doctor Who. I know that we've had a female doctor now, which is amazing. Well, yeah, but, but not always... without a hell of a lot of contention. <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? And like the female is always the assistant. Well, not assistant, but like the, the companion. It's never, yeah. the time traveler is never really the woman. And don't get me wrong. I did look into this a little bit and I know there is female time travelers. I think Sarah Connor, mm. I don't know much about Terminator. Oh yeah, no, 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 that's true. Yeah, so she, there are like exceptions. Yeah. But in Rachel McAdams' case, she needs to be the damn time traveler, guys. Give Rachel McAdams a break. Somebody write her a movie where she gets to be the time traveler. Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, that's a really good point because um, it is very much like, uh, like quite a male centric trope when it's used. Um, that's very much been like the history of all literature, not just sci-fi and fantasy, but like, yeah, there's definitely um, opportunity for more uh, like, yeah, female stories or, or yeah. other like, you know, minority stories to be told through these types of narratives. But yeah, I have to stress that doing them well is probably going to be the challenge um because yeah i think i've got i have got a couple of examples of time travel narratives where i think one of them is done really really well and one of them not so well so if you i'm going to have to talk about spoilers so if you don't want to know about harry potter and the cursed child or the umbrella academy if you're not up to date on either of those things and you want to be maybe just skip the next five minutes while i just chat a little bit about these (laughs) because my uh, example of one that is not pe- perhaps done so well is Harry Potter and the Cursed Child. So this is a stage play that is set after um, the end of the final film when Harry's youngest son is going off to Hogwarts. So straight away, is this okay to talk about with you, Nikki? Do you care about? Oh, yeah, you know what I'm like with Harry Potter? Like, I, I, I think Harry Potter's fine. You only just like... found out what house you were in the other day, so I don't think you I know that into it. And I know. I don't think you were happy about it. I, as soon as I read out what I got and the fact that I was Gryffindor, I just saw your eyes just look at me like they, you just died inside. And you're like, <laughs> why is she my friend? She's not Hufflepuff like me. Well, I mean, I, I think that friendship can coexist between the houses. I mean, thank God you went Slytherin, am I right? <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, I knew I was never going to be that. But do you know what? I think the only reason I got Gryffindor is because every time it asked me about an animal, I always said a cat. And the Gryffindor is like a lion, Lions. right? 
So yeah. I'm just going to put it down to that. I mean, yeah. So anyway, to summarise. <laughs> to summarise. Yeah. Um, thanks. So yeah. Uh, so first of all, with this play, it's it was like very poorly written anyway, because the premise is that Harry Potter's kids goes off to school or Harry Potter's son is going off to Hogwarts. So you can clearly tell when you're reading it or if you see the stage play that the writers were all scratching their heads and scratching their asses going, hmm, we need an old villain for the hero's kid. Hmm, how about we just write in that the villain had a kid? So they just invent that Voldemort and Bellatrix Lestrange had a child and then that child wants to continue her father's work of making the magical race like pure-blooded. Um, so Harry's son has to like deal with her and then Harry and the gang all have to go back in time to just sort it all out. And then everything that happened is completely wiped out and the status quo is resumed. And that is an example to me of like, well, that what a waste of my life to have just sat here and endured that. Because what you're basically telling me is that nothing happened. I mean, sure, they all had a little adventure and, you know, they all learned a good lesson but like, right, that nothing happened there. Yeah, it was, it was pointless. It was completely pointless. <laughs> <laughs> However, I think the Umbrella Academy, which considering that I'm a bit like with time travel narratives in general, um, they, they use time travel as like a staple plot device quite a lot in the series. Um, but the series is so strong. The characters, their relationships, the writing, the storylines, they're all incredibly like held together. Um, so they make that work and they don't, they don't do like, um, you know, the kind of, oh, everything's just deleted and nothing matters, uh, which is where I was worried it was going to go in the most recent series because they all basically end up in like the 1960s. And so I'm like, oh, they're going to write the past and then come back and nothing will have changed. But like, if you get to the end of the series, you see that like quite a lot has changed, but they, they can't jump back again because there's other things like the organization and um, a limitation to fives powers and stuff. So uh, it's so character centric. And I think that that's why it works yeah. uh, because you care about the people and the relationships um, that are at the heart of this series, as well as the fact that like, I mean, it's so badass. The soundtrack's amazing. Like it's really well written. Like growing up with siblings as well. Like it's totally relatable that they're all just like, you know, quipping at each other and like ignoring each other and, you know, <laughs> winding each other up and stuff all the time. Like, um, so I think that again, like about time, really, it has a lot of heart to it, but that's down to the writing and it's down to the characters. Uh, and there's a lot of things about that show and the Netflix adaptation that I think are really, really fresh. Um, yeah. And I think it, if it progresses the characters and it's intertwined in the plot, like it is an Umbrella Academy and about time, it works because it doesn't feel like you've just gone to the past, done some shit and come back and gone, oh, well, like it's the things that happened in the past affect the characters in motion as well. And yet yes. may affect the future, too. Mm -hmm. But it's it's like this other level of the character progression like sometimes it does feel like a bit of a cheat you get to the end of it and you're like well that was all bloody pointless wasn't it but yeah i think especially with umbrella academy you know the whole the whole season was spent like in that in that time in in the 1960s and yeah. you know you almost to the point where you get used to the fact that they are just living in that time you almost forget that they that they aren't and i think yeah. 
you can definitely do it right and you can definitely do it wrong and Umbrella Academy nailed it and yeah 100% recommend that series yeah 100% I'm I'm not gonna do any other recommendations just because yeah people probably have already seen like Back to the Future and like Terminator and shit so I kind of there's there's not really like if you know sci-fi and you know time travel stuff like it's all out there it's all a little bit like you know they're cultural artifacts at this point so I'm not going to yeah. do recommendations but um yeah I mean if you're like a creator or a writer and if you've got a new like fresh angle to write a time travel plot um then go for it but but honestly I think that it is it's iffy territory it's potential to be like chock full of paradoxes and plot holes so you really need to just be careful with it um so it's more of a yeah proceed with caution um warning i suppose this week rather than a um any recommendations or something but i just i kind of thought like it's it's interesting to compare and contrast Mm. how it's used as a plot device and yeah there's definitely pros and cons to it so um but yeah i'd be interested to hear like if people are creating stuff or uh, maybe we could do like um, some fun stories about like time travel narratives that people really do think that work because I'm I'd be really up for hearing other people's opinions on stuff that's out there and whether it's just me who's like you know an absolute skeptic hater (laughs) and going Uh, off of your recommendations if you are gonna write a movie about time travel or tv show make sure you cast rachel mcadams as the main protagonist she's got to be the lead not the romantic interest the lead the main (laughs) time traveling protagonist yeah she's been left behind in every time (laughs) travel story um but yeah no i i think that's uh that's a nice thing to end on anyway like i think time travel is a fascinating subject it's we don't quite understand it yet the science says that it's possible but also not possible right now it's kind of not like yeah actually applicable (laughs) the the things that we read the things in movies tv shows and books it's likely not going to represent time travel in its true form as we know it now in a realistic sense you know we'll be time traveling like five minutes in the future really um Mm. if you get on a plane that's about it but you know it's a cool thing to talk about and it's a cool thing to have in a narrative in a story in a movie and it's a cool thing to think about especially when some guy falls in a coma and said he's gone 200 years in the future and finds out some weird stuff 2000 years sorry it's really interesting and it's, it's a fascinating idea and concept but yeah, I mean, I've really enjoyed exploring this case files today. I feel like my brain hurts, but <laughs> it's been really interesting. It hurts, but it's been fun. <laughs> yeah. Cool. It's been good. And I hope I'm not going to go fall into a wormhole now as I walk into my kitchen to cook some dinner. But you, um, never know. You, you probably won't because um, Professor Brian Cox, or Bry as I'll call him because I just talk about him all the time, Bry says that they're really volatile um, and that even like shining a light into a wormhole can like collapse its structure so actually traveling through one you'd have to have negative mass so, so i just have to walk around in the dark got you yeah yeah basically and trying I mean, to probably a black hole and get crushed by the singularity but otherwise you'll yeah, be fine i was gonna say if i walk around in the dark i'll probably just end up hitting my head and falling into a coma and then maybe i will say i've been 2000 years oh my god see all roads lead back to the same place <laughs> exactly. but anyway if you would like fun. to hit us up and let us know your opinions recommendations or just come check out stuff that we post about we are at not for girls pod on twitter and instagram 
And you can email us, I think, at notforgirls at gmail.com. Podcast, sorry. Notforgirlspodcast at gmail.com. You normally do that bit. I don't normally do that bit. Oh, we can swap if you like. Well, (laughs) it's okay. We can change. I I did it. I did it. It's out there now. Notforgirlspodcast at gmail.com. Yes. And uh, if you would like to subscribe and rate and review and chuck us a few stars, ideally five would be great. And um, then we would absolutely love that. And um, just so that other people can find us and uh, yeah, um, come and like tell us what they think as well. Yeah. And let us know if you want us to do any other case files. Obviously, anything is kind of open, whether it's true crime, paranormal or conspiracies like this. Just let us know and we'll happily talk about it and delve yeah. into it. And- we have had a few, um, it, we have had a bit of interest in a true crime one so um i'm gunning for that next but yeah if there's anything else that you want to hear and um, we will happily like do a poll or something um and yeah you guys can uh, can let us know because there's loads that we want to do it's just putting it out there in the right order i guess yeah <laughs> cool awesome well thank you so much for listening everybody and we'll see you next time bye bye